you know, I really thought that we were done with this. I thought that we were done with all the disrespect that Shane Beamer was getting after what happened at the end of last season. Apparently, I was wrong. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and also a lead staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank y'all so much for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch here today. We are free and available wherever you get your audio podcast daily and also on YouTube. CBS Sports apparently thinks that there are 39 head football coaches in college football that are currently better than South Carolina's Shane Beamer. They not only totally disrespected him with some of the coaches they ranked ahead of him, but also with where coaches in similar situations were slotted in their rankings and that includes a couple of sec coaches i'll be sure to dive into those discrepancies in just a couple of minutes but firstly i want to talk about some of the coaches that are ahead of shane beamer in cbs sports rankings firstly marcus freeman of notre dame is ranked 38th which is two spots ahead of shane beamer at number 40. Marcus Freeman, first of all, has only coached for one football season. And in that one season, he had a lot of lowlights considering what he inherited. He inherited an 11-win program when he became the head coach at Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman turned around this past season and lost to the likes of Marshall and Stanford, both at home in year one. To top it all off, they faced a 4-8 and eight Navy team later on in the season and only defeated the midshipmen by three points. Three. And this guy is somehow ahead of Shane Beamer in this list. That is absolutely bogus to me. Steve Sarkeesian at Texas is ranked 37th on this list. In nine seasons at Programs like Washington, Southern Cal, and Texas, all of which are really good college football programs. Sarkeesian has two eight-win seasons and one nine-win season to show for it. He has won 11 games against top 25 opponents throughout that same stretch. That is a little over one win versus top 25 opponents per season, and he has been both in a weak Pac-12 conference at Washington and Southern Cal and is currently at Texas with literally all the resources that any football coach could possibly want at his disposal. And so far, he has got a 13-12 and record in his first two years in Austin to show for it. Let's talk about another coach that... I have to admit, I personally like, but I cannot for the life of me understand why he is this far ahead of Shane Beamer 
on this list. That is Jonathan Smith of Oregon State, who is ranked 32nd, eight spots ahead of Shane Beamer. Jonathan Smith has gone 26 and 31 in five seasons at Oregon State. Now, he did have a 10-win season this past year, which he should be greatly commended for considering the fact that he is at Oregon State and the fact that the Pac-12 is becoming a deeper conference for the first time in what seems like an eternity. But Jonathan Smith did not have more than seven wins in any of the previous four seasons that he was there with the Beavers. And the other thing is, he does not have to face the likes of Clemson and Georgia and Tennessee every single season like Shane Beamer has to at South Carolina. In terms of competition, I still think that overall Jonathan Smith is at an easier job in that aspect, and yet he's eight spots ahead of Shane Beamer? He's that much of a better coach? I don't agree with that. Mac Brown at North Carolina ranks 22nd on CBS Sports College Football Coach Ranking. Mac Brown, quite frankly, has underachieved at North Carolina, considering what he had done in years past, both at North Carolina and at Texas. He has gone 30-22 and 22 in four seasons at a school that is in one of the weakest conferences in all of college football in the ACC, and has not been able to win more than nine games in any of those years. And speaking of that, he hasn't won more than nine games in his previous eight seasons total as a head coach in this sport. He hasn't won a conference title of any kind since 2009. And I know some people are going to sit there and say, well, Andrew, in all fairness, Matt Brown does have a national championship on his resume sheet, and Shane Beamer doesn't. And you know what? You would be correct about that, but I will say this. He won that national championship 18 years ago. At what point do we sort of let some of the luster of these accomplishments start to expire and we actually judge these coaches based on what they've done in the past four or five years? What he did at Texas 15, 20 years ago or so should not counter into these rankings. But the guys at CBS Sports apparently don't feel the same way. Now, I've talked about some of the coaches that I feel like should not be ahead of Shane Beamer on this list. Let's talk about some discrepancies between where Shane Beamer is slotted and how other SEC coaches either have or are currently slotted in this coach ranking put out, again, by CBS Sports. Josh Heupel of the Tennessee Volunteers. He and Shane Beamer are both tied in a lot together because they are both heading into their third season as head coaches in the SEC. Now, Josh Heupel has gone 18-8 and his first two seasons in Knoxville. He inherited a three-win program in the 2020 offseason. Shane Beamer has had a very similar career path so far in terms of progression to Josh Heupel. He's gone 15-11 and in his first two seasons after inheriting a two-win program in the 2020 offseason. And yet... Josh Heupel ranks 16th on this list, while Shane Beamer ranks 40th. You mean to tell me that Shane Beamer is 24 spots lower than Josh Heupel? That, that's ridiculous. That's absolutely absurd. Josh Heupel being ahead of Shane Beamer, I'm willing to listen to that. And I can understand that. But Josh Heupel being this far ahead of Shane Beamer? Uh-uh. 
They're not being measured the same way, in my opinion, if that's how much of a gap you think there is between both those coaches. Let's talk about Sam Pittman. Now, I don't want to talk about Sam Pittman's ranking for this current year. I want to talk about what all happened this past offseason and where Sam Pittman was slotted in these rankings. Now, Sam Pittman took over a 2 win program in Arkansas back in the 2019 offseason. He went 3-7 in 2020, then turned around and went 9-4 in 2021. And like Shane Beamer did this past fall, in his second season in Arkansas, he won three games against top 15 opponents. That's a really good accomplishment. Here's the thing. CBS Sports, the group of writers or analysts who make this ranking up, they ranked him 22nd in the country. Shane Beamer, again, is ranked 40th. I'm not trying to call for bias here. I'm not trying to say there is bias, but uh, something's off there. With there being that much of a gap with very similar accomplishments and circumstances here. And we can even go out of the SEC. Brett Bielma at Illinois, he's ranked 21st on this list. Brett Bielma inherited a two-win program in the 2020 offseason, just like Shane Beamer did with the Fighting Illini. In 2021, he went 5-7, missed out on a bowl game. In 2022, the Illini took a step forward. They went 8-5 and and made an appearance in the ReliQuest Bowl against Mississippi State. Now, Brett Bielma, he is a coach that has been successful at Wisconsin in the Big Ten, won multiple conference titles. No one can take that away from him. But as I mentioned earlier, those accomplishments with how long ago they were should not carry this much weight and put Brett Bielma 19 spots ahead of Shane Beamer. Brett Bielma hasn't won more than eight games in his last eight seasons as a head coach in college football. The last time he did this was 2011 when he was at Wisconsin. And again, he is ranked 21st Shane Beamer is ranked 40th on this list. Make it make sense. Oh, and by the way, I didn't even mention, Shane Beamer was ranked 42nd by CBS Sports going into this past season. So despite all the obvious progress they saw from him, both on the field and off the field in terms of recruiting, Shane Beamer was only worth a two-spot bump in CBS Sports ranking. Might make it the worst ranking out of all of them that have been put out so far this offseason. It is ridiculous the disrespect Shane Beamer is getting from CBS Sports here. And if the Gamecocks take another step forward in 2023, I hope this gets rectified. I really and truthfully do. Because it is laughable that Shane Beamer is slotted at 40th compared to a lot of these other coaches that I just talked about. All right. Now that I have gone on my little rant for today's show regarding where she ranks in CBS Sports head coach ranking for college football, we can talk about some recruiting. Because as I mentioned earlier, recruiting is going great under Shane Beamer right now. And there's a couple really intriguing storylines to follow with some of the targets that South Carolina has both in the 2024 and the 2025 recruiting class. And we're going to dive into all of that in more detail in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. But first, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. Now, Bird Dogs is the best pair of shorts that you could possibly get on the market right now. Bird Dogs offers you everything that you are looking for in clothing. These clothes are going to fit 
really good. These clothes are going to be extremely comfortable. And here's the other thing. These clothes are also very versatile. You're probably tired of getting all the different types of clothes that you have to get for going to meetings, maybe going onto the golf course, maybe going on a beach trip, maybe going to your swimming pool in your neighborhood. Bird Dog's shorts can be used for literally any type of thing that you desire to do. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on right now to get the best shorts of the summer today. And when you enter the promo code locked on college, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order that you make. Welcome back to this Thursday edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. And real quickly, a thank you to all of you everydayers for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your daily listen or watch for South Carolina Gamecock sports coverage. All right, it's been a little bit since I've gotten to do a deep dive into the recruiting realm for South Carolina's football team with another person on the show. Obviously, we've done a lot of shows previously with John Garcia Jr., who has since moved on to take a position with rivals. So we appreciate John Garcia for all the insight that he has given us and wish him all the best. But that leads me into the introduction for Locked On's new recruiting insider in Brian Smith, who was also the Fan Nation publisher for All Hurricanes, which covers the Miami Hurricanes down in South Florida. Brian, welcome for your first appearance of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Thank you very much. It's uh, ironic that uh, you mentioned him because I'm sitting in his house right now doing this podcast. But uh, <laughs> it's a small world, man. I'm house sitting right now. So it, it's, yeah. uh, it's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And apparently, if you're a really good recruiting analyst, Florida is definitely the state to be. Not, of course, just in terms of talent, but also because of uh, all the other perks that come along with that. But Putting all that to the side, let's get into some recruiting for South Carolina because Brian, obviously, Shane Beamer and the staff, they have gotten off to a rocket start in this 2024 recruiting cycle. And a position that they are doing really well in in terms of their targets is the running back spot. The Gamecocks are right now viewed as a heavy contender for multiple guys like Florida native Anthony Scudicari. You've also got Mississippi native Daniel Hill. And there's another guy out there named Peyton Lewis out of the state of Virginia. So, Brian, what do Gamecock fans need to know about these players? Who might be the guy that they are sort of in the most contention for at this current moment? That's the that's the guy that visits most recent. Uh, the last year or so has thrown me off the track. But, like, I know Anthony Carey on a personal level because I lived in Tampa for a long time, and that's where Anthony's at. I've probably seen him play 20 times. But he's a kid that would fit in well, and he's an all-around running back. So, first off, I think he would be the guy that would – do them a lot of good in many, many different ways that he's a three down back, which you have to have in the sec East. But the other kid, the kid that I liked Peyton can fly. Like his film is holy moly. So if you can get that kid, like if they can get them both, that's an a plus. So the question is how do they want to do that with the offense that they're running? I don't know enough about their long-term vision, but I can't see you turning down athletes like that. Cause I, I even told a coach recently, like Anthony Carey, if you wanted, you could put him at slot safety and he'll kill it for you. That's what he does a lot of times when he plays seven on, he'll play defense just to help out his squad. So you need more guys like that. Anyway, uh, I talked to Carey here recently. I mean, that's what South Carolina is one of the schools he's looking at, but he's nowhere near 
making a decision, and I know him well. So Leans, uh, that's hard. I, I think that South Carolina, I mean, as you noted, they've done a tremendous job to start this class, and they finished last year strong too. I think you just got to kind of trust the process and let it play out because if you can get athletes at running back, if it doesn't work out there, there's corner, there's linebacker, there's safety, there's receiver. It'll work itself into a good position for the Gamecocks. I'm not real worried about it. Right. And of course, with Anthony Scooter Carey, you know, he's going to take a few official visits this summer to some other schools not named South Carolina. I think the most prominent one to probably watch out of that group is North Carolina, because it seems like at the times he has visited Chapel Hill, those visits have gone quite well with Mac Brown and company, of course, still leading the charge up there for the powder blue. Now, Speaking of these running backs, you know, the thing that's unique is that South Carolina has three running backs they're legitimately heavily in the game for. And of course, Brian, there's only one football, so you're only going to get so many touches. And unless you're a team like maybe a Georgia, Alabama, the absolute biggest heavyweights in the recruiting world, it's going to probably be hard to obviously land all three guys. So, you know, is it going to hurt them that they're in the game this much for Lewis Hill and Kerry with maybe one of these players? I think it kind of comes down to timing. Right. Um, it's it's part of it. It's not even anything South Carolina is doing. When kids have different timelines, coaches still have a board. Okay, we like player A the most, but he's deciding in December. Yes. Do we roll the dice? This is the thing that every school goes through this constantly. And I, trust me, coaches hate it because they're Very control timely. freaks, but they have zero control of this. Zero. The kid's not ready to decide. Now, it's on you and your staff to weigh the pluses and minuses. Which one do we want to do? We want to roll the dice or we take the guy who's pretty much as good and he's deciding next week and he's, he's telling us that we're the choice. What do you do? Or in this case, maybe they take both. I would take more than one guy because of who they're recruiting. When you're recruiting real high-level guys, you figure it out. And if a kid is scared of competition, especially at running back, that's stupid because your shelf life is short anyway. Yeah, that is look, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but it's the shortest shelf life there is in, in sport. It's freaking running back. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. You can be the SEC player of the year. You know, look at some of the running backs that George has put into the NFL in like two, three years. They're, they're done. Todd you Gurley. know what I mean? It, Gurley was unbelievable. He was done like, what was it, four years, something like that? It was just unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he was an animal. So mm-hmm. that just shows you, you want to go somewhere you actually have more bodies that's probably the one spot. I get it. But I don't think they're going to worry about it. Otherwise, they're going to kind of let it play out because all three of the kids are recruiting are darn good. And if somebody gets scared away, do you really want that kid when you go on the field against the Bulldogs? The answer is no. So, you know, to beat those kind of teams, you got to have guys that are war daddies. And South Carolina just needs more depth. I think their starters hold up pretty good in the SEC. But the reason they oftentimes lose games is they don't have enough talented players. They can't rotate kids like Kirby and the dogs do. That's the difference. And that's really the only thing holding them back from being an upper echelon SEC team. Yeah, Brian, you make a good point at the end there about trying to build that depth. I talked with a locked on colleague of mine recently, and I told him that I feel like this is sort of a transition year for Shane Beamer and this staff, because again, you're starting to bring in your guys, obviously that fit the culture that fit your long-term vision and the starting group 
like you mentioned, is pretty good. But now you got to try to get that second line, that third line, where the great programs, like, of course, the Georgia, separate themselves. And South Carolina, of course, definitely needs to do that, especially at the running back position. One that's uh, been a bit of an issue in terms of depth for them since the end of this past season. Now, sticking with these running backs, but going down a different route, Brian, I want to talk about Daniel Hill. He's probably the one guy that I guess right now, if you have to say he might commit sooner rather than later, and it might work out in the Gamecocks' favor, he might be that guy. And he comes from the state of Mississippi, a state that is potentially having a humongous emergence in terms of high school football for the next couple years. And South Carolina, the 2025 class, could be interesting for them on the offensive side of the ball because they got guys like quarterback Deuce Knight, who is going to be a big-time prospect, and Caleb Cunningham at wideout, who they're also potentially in the game for, have both visited South Carolina's campus at least once so far in their recruitment. So what do you think the ramifications of landing a Daniel Hill could mean for South Carolina in terms of maybe putting a stake in the Magnolia State for these next couple years? It's huge. I want you to think about something. Lane Kiffin is at State U in that state at, at Ole Miss, and he's done a tremendous job with the passing game. I'm not taking anything away with that. But they've probably done a better job with the running game. So first yeah. off, beating that school in state for a kid, I, uh, he might claim otherwise, they would take him in a heartbeat if he called right now. This is a 220-pound every down running back. So, and here's the other key. If you don't watch the film, you don't have to based on the following. Alabama wants him at running back. Yep. You know, sometimes it's it's the forest for the trees. Don't make it harder than it is. Uh, Gillespie is a guy I've run into there on the recruiting trail several times, the University of Running Back, or University of Alabama running backs coach. He recruits as good a running backs as there is. They're very well coached. If he wants a kid, that's another sign. So if getting that gives you some recruiting cachet, and it also allows you something that is very, very important, and that's the ability to say, we just beat Nick Saban. We just beat – like the, he's got offers pretty much everybody in the Southeastern Conference. But when you can start by saying, we beat Nick Saban for a kid, that's got to give you some cachet on the recruiting trail, going up against Clemson in state, going against Kirby in Georgia, et cetera. Hey, come join us. This is what we're doing. Here's the proof. We want to rise and beat Georgia in the SEC East. Yeah, and, you know, of course, there's been a lot of talk this offseason about how Alabama might be potentially dropping off. You know, maybe now they're only a 9- or 10-win program. The one area that they are definitely not dropping off in is recruiting because Bama, I do believe, they just brought in the highest-rate recruiting class in uh, in sports history or in college football history, I should say, this past recruiting cycle. So they're definitely not dropping off in that particular aspect. All right, continue our conversation here with Locked On's new recruiting insider, Brian Smith, the Fan Nation publisher for all Hurricanes, covering Miami Hurricane sports. Brian, I got one more guy I want to ask you about, and that is Virginia native and wide receiver prospect Keelan Adams. Now, Keelan Adams' recruitment has been an interesting one, to say the least. He released a top four back in February or January that included a few schools from that mid-Atlantic corridor up there, and South Carolina was not in that top four group, but Adams just took a visit to South Carolina this past weekend, and all of a sudden now, South Carolina's in his top five, and he's also now released a commitment date. I believe July 13th is the date exactly to look for right now, Gamecock fans. So, um, Brian, what should we make of this? Are we jumping the gun here saying that maybe South Carolina made a massive move here for Keelan Adams, or do we need to let pl things play out a little bit longer? 
I don't know the kid personally, but the first take I had was something went really good for the Gamecocks. Unless he had, and maybe I'm incorrect on this, unless he had at least told somebody in the recruiting industry that the 13th of July was his commitment date prior, usually when a kid visits and then sets a commitment date, it's good for that school. That's been the history of it, and I've been following this over 20 years. So why would that change today? It, it doesn't for me. So the other thing I would think is maybe this is just kind of the move. you got to remember, Beamer has obvious history in the state of Virginia. So oh, his yeah. family, I mean, his dad recruited that school. I mean, it's a, it's a deep history school in the state of Virginia. So I think that you're going to see the Gamecocks recruit the state of Virginia hard. They have, I mean, that state is loaded, especially the 757. You need to get some of those kids if you're South Carolina. It doesn't have to be a ton, but like we were just talking about with Mississippi kids a little while ago, you get one or two really good players out of Virginia. That's good news. So I, I like I like the Gamecocks here. This, just my history and my gut tells me that the good news is probably coming. Yeah, and South Carolina is also in the game for a couple of the wide receivers here, more notably maybe a Jonathan Paler out of the state of North Carolina and Texas native Parker Livingston. So for South Carolina, you know, if, say, maybe one of those guys, it doesn't work out. Maybe Paler goes to NC State or Livingston goes to Texas, both of those schools pushing really hard for those in-state natives of those particular states, then Keelan Adams, he could now be potentially your number one target there if, you know, worst case scenario, both of those guys fall through. So obviously going to be a pivotal recruitment to watch for Shane Beamer and this staff moving forward. He is Brian Smith of Locked On, who is now our new resident recruiting insider. Feel free to give him a follow at FBSCOUT underscore Florida. Brian, really appreciate you coming on to today's show to provide us all this recruiting insight for South Carolina's football program. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Looking forward to coming back. Absolutely. And for those of you who are looking for future episodes of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, be sure to subscribe or click the bell on YouTube. And also, feel free to give us a follow wherever you get your audio podcast daily. Thank you all for tuning in to this Thursday edition of Locked On Gamecocks. Have a great rest of your day, and I will catch you all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. <laughs>